everyone. Welcome to the Catholic Club Podcast. My name is Richard Eliki. Thank you for sharing part of the day with us to listen to today's episode. And thank you for sharing out the previous episode with your friends. At the end of this episode, I'll be sharing with us the audio messages sent in from some of our listeners with regards to the last episode. And I would really love it if you listen to that as well. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the three Catholic pillars, sacred scripture, sacred tradition, and church magisterium. And this is important because of the idea of Sola Scriptura among a lot of Christians. They say that scripture alone is what we should believe in and the idea of any tradition should not even come in at all. Possibly many of them misunderstand what tradition really means and today I will try as much as possible to give us an overview of what all this terminology means, what we mean by sacred scripture, sacred tradition and church magisterium. Uh, to begin with, God reveals himself to us through creation. He has also revealed himself to us in person, revealed himself to our fathers, Adam and Eve, to Noah, to Abraham and to a whole lot of persons in the Old Testament. Finally, he reveals himself to us in the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And according to the letter to the Hebrews, he is the ultimate revelation of the Father. Christ is the word of the Father. And God has revealed himself to us through the person of Jesus Christ. So after him, no further revelation is to be expected. This revelation of God himself to us has been preserved in such a way that future generations can know this truth, can know the gospel, which is Christ himself. As the Catechism tells us in paragraph 74, that God graciously arranged that the things he had once revealed for the salvation of all peoples should remain in their entirety throughout the ages and be transmitted to all generations. So today's podcast is about how to really verify that these things that God has arranged still exist today, that the truth he has revealed for the salvation of all peoples still remains in their entirety and we in year 2020 can still know those things are they being transmitted to us or at some point in history it has all disappeared that would be a point of discussion as well today now to begin with let us look at the gospel of matthew chapter 28 verse 19 and 20 christ said to the apostles there go into the world baptize in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teach them to observe everything i have commanded you and behold, I am with you all days to the end of the ages. How is Christ to be with the apostles to the end of the ages when the apostles died 40, 50, 60 years after he made this statement? It means that Christ will be with the apostles also through their successors that they would ordain after them. And this is evident in what happened in the Acts of the Apostles when Judas died and the apostles had to come together to cast lots and pray to select another person to replace Judas so that his office can be filled by another person. This passage also tells us that Christ commanded them to go and preach, which gives us the oral form of transmitting the gospel. So at some point in the process of transmitting this gospel orally, some apostles under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit decided to commit some of them into writing which gives us the written form of the gospel, which we call the scriptures today. Which means that the early church at the very beginning did not have what we refer to as Bible today. They didn't have the New Testament, but they could still call themselves Christians because they relied on the oral teachings, what they heard from the apostles and what they were able to pass on to others. 
2 Thessalonians 2.15 also attests to this. St. Paul telling Thessalonians, Stand fast, hold fast to what I have taught you by my words of mouth and by letters. Those are the two, oral tradition and the written tradition. Back to Matthew 28, the apostles were given the authority to preach and then they stood on this authority and preached. But it didn't just end with them because Christ said they will be with them to the end of the ages. They passed on this authority through ordination to other bishops that they selected and ordained before their own passing so that they can also carry out with authority the injunction they have been given by Christ. This living transmission, which is also being guided by the Holy Spirit of the deposit of faith, of the deposit of truth that they have received from Christ, directly from his words and his example, is what we refer to as tradition. Tradition with a capital T. Sacred scripture itself came out of this living tradition of the church. The apostles were already living together. They were performing the Eucharist. They were baptizing. They were doing all the things that Christ told them to do. They were preaching for years. They were doing all these things before the first letter of the New Testament was even penned down. The living transmission of the deposit of faith, which had been handed down by Christ to the apostles and also to those after them, is what we refer to as tradition. Sacred scripture itself came out of this tradition the church in our life in our teaching in our doctrine in our worship which continued for years then produced the scripture as we have it today the new testament in particular the apostles continued to preach to obey the instruction of christ to go into the world and preach so from this preaching came out in a special way the scriptures which is the documentation of part of the preaching so this continuous transmission of the words of Christ, of the deposit of truth, is what we refer to as tradition. And this continued from generation to generation and down to our own time. So tradition and scripture are closely related, even though they are distinct, but still there's a lot of union between them. The CCC paragraph 80 tells us that sacred tradition and sacred scripture are bound closely together and communicate one with the other. For both of them, flowing out of the same divine spring, come together in some fashion to form one thing and move towards the same goal. Each of them makes present and fruitful in the church the mystery of Christ, who promised to remain with his own always to the close of the age. We can see that the Catechism there is making reference to Matthew 28-20 which we read earlier about Christ saying that he will be with his apostles till the end of the ages. So we cannot pick one and eliminate the other. They must be treated equally and respected. Sacred scripture is the speech of God as it is put down in writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Also, the holy tradition which we refer to as sacred tradition transmits the entirety of the word of God which is being entrusted to the apostles by Christ the Lord and the Holy Spirit. This is clearly stated in the Catechism and it is just reasonable when we look at it. Christ came, selected apostles, commanded them to preach primarily and not to write. They went out, they preached. At a point, some decided to write part of what they've been preaching about. They didn't at any point tell the people they were preaching to or writing to to only focus on the writings. They also told them to focus on what they have told them as evident in 2 Thessalonians 2.15. So at what point do we now feel that no, it should be scripture alone and then we should eliminate tradition? I want to make a brief distinction between um, tradition with the capital T, sacred tradition which we refer to, which we've been talking about, and tradition with a small T, 
which are just different devotional actions or ways of acting at a particular time in history. There are ways of expressing this capital T. Over the years, there are lots of traditions that have changed. The way of worship itself has changed, even though the essence of it itself is still there. The mass, for instance, has evolved over the years, but the fact that the sacrifice of the mass is the offering of the body and blood of Christ is still present, even though the way we might practice it out might have changed over the years. We can look at a lot of examples of this in the church, but that is not for today. Having said all this, what, what do we mean by magisterium? Magisterium is the teaching office of the church. What is the work of the magisterium? To give an authentic interpretation to what we call sacred scripture and sacred tradition which had been given to us by the apostles. So for us to have a valid and authentic interpretation of this, we have to faithfully be obedient to the teaching office, the living office of the church that gives us a breakdown of what the apostles actually meant to pass on to us. So the magisterium is simply the bishops all over the world in union with the Pope, the Bishop of Rome. And do not think that the magisterium is greater than the word of God. No, the magisterium only explains what had been handed over. That is the work of the magisterium. So under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the magisterium of the church is able to give us an infallible explanation. And this is done in various ways when doctrines and dogmas are being defined and presented to the faithful as different points in history. There is a passage that comes to mind here and that is in Luke chapter 10 verse 16 when christ says he who hears you hears me he who rejects you rejects me these are striking words from christ to the apostles for christ to tell them that he who hears you hears me it means that christ is uniting himself directly with the apostles and saying that whatsoever you tell people is equal to them listening to me and this is to go on from one generation to the next so there has to be a kind of unity of explanation, unity of mind, unity of truth because God teaches the truth and truth cannot contradict and if he says that he who hears the apostles hears him, it means the apostles will surely teach the truth which he has taught them under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The next episode of the podcast will be dedicated totally to sacred scripture, we'll be looking at the kind of scripture, inspiration of scripture, what uh, that means and many other things. But I promised at the beginning of this podcast to say something about the false claim that Catholics do not love the Bible or read the Bible. There's a passage in the catechism that strikes me whenever i read it and that is paragraph 2653 about the word of god it says the church forcefully and specially exhorts all the christian faithful to learn the surpassing knowledge of jesus christ by frequent reading of the divine scriptures let them remember however that prayer should accompany the reading of sacred scripture so that a dialogue takes place between god and man for we speak to him when we pray we listen to him when we read the divine oracles this is the church telling us to read the scriptures the church forcefully and specially exhorts us to read the scriptures so where did they get the erroneous uh, thought that catholics do not love the bible or read the bible and the church even further gives us an indulgence for reading the scriptures we'll come to this in the next podcast thank you for listening to the end of today's episode please if there's any part of the episode that you didn't understand please refer to the catechism of the catholic church or message me and we can have a discussion
discussion on any of this thank you and god bless you please do not forget to listen to the audio comments i promise to play after the conclusion see you on the next episode hello mr richard thank you for this great podcast it's really really nourishing and i believe it will help many colleagues out there from what you have said just to contribute to it i can see that the knowledge of our faith is a major thing when we have knowledge about this faith we will not even be afraid and also having the knowledge about the faith should be the first thing as i've said the bible the history of the church and our curiosity to know more about the faith not just to defend but to enjoy the richness of the faith many have that intention of trying to know more about the faith just to defend you enjoy the blessings you enjoy the wealth of the church by knowing more about it you enjoy it as i do say approach all spiritual things spiritually so that you can enjoy the benefits <laughs> well done sir more anointing more strength i mean god continue to uphold you yours truly by on me Thank you Mr. Richard Oyeleke for this wonderful job you're doing and thank you also for the past podcast and for today's podcast. I'm so happy and I've learned a lot from the lessons from having known the the true meaning of what the truth is, being a somebody and not just something. And happy learning tonight as well. We should long to share our faith as Catholics we shouldn't be scared. Thank you for reminding us once again on what we need to do. And of course, we all pray for that divine setup knowing that Mary and the saints are on our side. And thank you so much for sharing. We've really learned a lot. It's wonderful knowing that the love of Christ is the truth of Christ. So wonderful. And we pray the Lord will continue to bless you and continue to bless and the work you're doing and continue to grant you more grace. and we pray bless us as well through Christ our Lord amen Thank you.